Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Another 30 minutes of encouraging words from God's Holy Bible coming together in the Express Church experience yesterday, September 11th, 2001. I had another message prepared for today. And then yesterday I woke up and I said I started reflecting on September 11th, 2001, 20 years ago. And for the young people who are listening to this message who might have been too young to remember or might not even been born in September 11, 2001, 19 people conspired and hijacked four planes on September 11th, 2001. One plane flew into the towers, the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City, attacking the United States. A second plane later crashed into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. A third plane attacked the Pentagon outside of Washington, D.C., the the headquarters and the nerve center of our nation's military. A fourth plane was targeted towards the White House, but brave passengers and crew fought and the plane crashed in Shankville, Pennsylvania. September 11, 2001, I still remember that day. I was getting ready for work. I was living in Minnesota and I was I was watching the, the TV, watching the weather, checking, making sure that it's going to be uh, the traffic was going to be fine tra- uh, traveling to work. And I was getting ready to turn the TV off. It was about 745 Minnesota time. And the TV announcer comes on and he said a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. A plane flew into the World Trade Center. My first reaction was how could some pilot be that incompetent to crash into the largest building in the most populated place in the United States? A plane flew into the World Trade Center. And I'm hoping that we understand that. And make and pause and when I was thinking about it, I had to stop myself and say a prayer for those who died in the North Tower and who died in the South Tower and who died in the Pentagon crash in Shankville, Pennsylvania. Pray for the lives that are lost, the families who lost loved ones, the ones who were injured both emotionally and physically. And as children of God, we should say a prayer for those who were who remain trapped by evil. And when we say our prayers, we don't we shouldn't just uh, stay our prayers. It's important to say our prayers for those who have been harmed by evil. But we also should say a prayer for those who are captive by evil, trapped and confused by the hollow promises that come when the devil gives you 
thoughts that are designed both big and small to have a spirit of hate, a spirit of greed, a spirit of selfishness, a spirit that takes you away from focusing in on God. Today is a day where we spend a little time to reflect on how evil can somebody be that and how troubled that they could join together, plan and plot to kill innocent people who would want to even get that into their mind frame, into their focus that they would want to kill innocent people. I said, pause for a minute and capture that. Maybe a time to pause the video if you're watching it or pause the, the audio. That's why I'm so thankful that we have the Express Church experience because you can pause it and, and reflect on any part. Talk to the young people who may not have been there at that time, may not have been born, might have been too young to remember September 11th where 19 people conspired, hijacked four planes to carry out suicide missions against critical targets in the United States. And as I was thinking about that, I had a question that came to me and I'm gonna share the question that those who are, believe in and who are children of the most high God, the question that I asked myself and the question that I'm gonna ask you this morning, what does 9-11 mean to you? What does 9-11 mean to you? And there's so many different things that came to mind when I asked myself this question yesterday morning. Today is September 12th, in case somebody listens to it months from now or years from now. When I woke up yesterday morning, 9-11-2021, I, 20 year from when I was reaching for that TV, the question that I had was, what does 9-11 mean to me? And the first thing that came to mind was evil exists, but God is greater than evil. And I'm hoping that somebody hears that. That's what I'm going to spend my time and my and the, re, the time I have. I'm going to list the other ones that came to mind, but I'm going to focus my time on this because I think it is so important in what's going on in our society today that evil exists, but God is greater than evil. The second thing that I thought about when I thought about 9-11 is love will always prevail over hate. Third thing, be ready. No one knows, the Bible says, no one knows the day or the hour. No one, when people woke up that morning and went to those four various different places, I don't think they, they thought today I, was, I would be the victim of a terrorist attack and lose my life today. So I'm reminded that anything at any time, evil can take our life. And so the third point is be ready. No one knows the day or the honor and the hour. The fourth one is always be ready to serve your neighbor. Always be ready to serve your neighbor. 9-11 was full of great stories of heroic men and women, first responders who gave up their life to save others. Those who uh, gave up their life to keep the plane from reaching Washington, D.C., those who carried others to safety, those who opened their door to give people who are looking for safety and comfort a place to dwell for that moment. The health care providers who I say were, were max, taxed to the max 
treating injured people, always be prepared to help your neighbor. And with the time that I have left, I'm going to focus in on the first point. Evil exists, but God is greater than evil. God is greater than evil and his love endures forever. I think that we need to keep those things in focus because because we live in a spiritly hostile and hate filled world. We live in a spiritually hostile and hate filled world. It's sad, but it's true. And we can't hide from it and we can't ignore it because it's a reality that exists. And I put a little note that we live in a spiritually hostile and hate filled world falls under the, the title. Tell me something I don't know. But in this spirit filled spirit, spiritually hostile, hate filled world, the spirit of evil has one goal. And so if we understand what the spirit of evil's one goal is. We can prepare to defend it. The, the spirit of evil's goal is to consume you. The spirit of evil's goal is to consume you, to bring you into the evil. That's how they got 19 people to conspire. The spirit of evil wants to consume you, to turn you from the joy that comes from, from God and the experience of being in fellowship with him. One line that the saints of old and I thought about evil and how it tries to consume you. And I remember and, and I remember young when I was a young man, I'd hear the older people say this. And sometimes you don't you didn't understand it when I was young. But as the time comes on and more and more things have happened in my life and around my life and in society, I remember what the, the saints of old, I'm going to call them Christian men and women I looked up to when I was young. They said the devil can't steal my joy. The devil can't steal my joy. Oh, I can't see you, but raise your hand if you ever heard that line. And if you haven't heard the line, you hear it here today. That's when, when the spirit of evil and the hate-filled world tries to consume you, to take you off the focus of God, to, to stifle your joy that comes from experiencing God and experiencing the love that comes from people who, that, who share the same love of God with each other, but we get consumed by evil, get distracted from our focus and our position. We need to remember the devil can't steal my joy. It, the spirit of evil wants you to seek revenge, wants you to focus on seeking revenge to make sure that those who do evil feel the same pain that they inflicted upon us. It's weird that the spirit of evil consume somebody to inflict pain on you and then the same spirit of evil consumes you to want to inflict pain on that person. But as you see that triangle and that circle, the, the focal point is to take your eye off the Lord and to focus in on the spirit of evil. But the devil can't steal my joy. We remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 38 to 42, Matthew 5, 38 to 42. Jesus is telling the audience, he said, you have heard it said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I'm telling you, do not resist evil. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him also, the other also. 
if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, your undergarment, the out, he said, give the outer cloak as well. Give, if they want one thing from you, give both. I say, get, take, give, you want to take it all from me? Without the crumbs I have, I talked to you last Sunday about crumbs from heaven. I know that heaven's going to bless me with even greater than what you have. And so as you're taking what you think is great for me, God is just letting you take it so that God can give me more. And then in the end, I look at you with the crumbs that you thought were great. And then I still have something greater than that because I won't let the devil steal my joy and I keep my focus on God. Sorry, sorry, as I, I cut into the middle of the message uh, that Jesus was saying on the Sermon of the Mount. Let me get back to that. If someone forces you to go one mile, go two with them. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow or get something from you. Jesus is not telling us we should accept being victims of crime. The word of God says flee from the devil and the devil will flee from you. The word of God says we are more than conquerors. The word of God says the meek will inherit the earth. So we are in a situation where, where we are supposed to be powerful, mighty in the Lord. The battle's not mine, it's the Lord. No weapon formed against me can prosper. So we are, we are called to be mighty warriors, but what Jesus is saying and reminding us that when the opportunity arises, when you have a choice, choose forgiveness. When you have a choice, choose mercy, choose grace. When you have a choice, we should let forgiveness of someone else's sins be the same as that we want God to forgive, forgive our sins. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us is the great prayer that people who believe in God have been known to recite. Jesus was saying at the beginning of his, his ministry to uh, forgive. At the end of his ministry, at the end of his earthly life, he had the same message. It, it was one that goes throughout, throughout his life on earth, his ministry on earth, and it should be something that goes with us as well. As he was hanging on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. That is the pro profound statement by Jesus as he was on the cross, surrounded by people in his last hours alive before he knew he was going to rise from the dead and knowing that he was going to defeat death, knowing that he was going to give evil a, a blow that evil could not recover from, take the sting away from evil and away from death. He was in that last hours getting ready to, to destroy evil. But evil was rejoicing in the hope that it would finally prevail evil over good. And as we look at today, what's going on in our society, and as we reflect on 9-11, 20 years later, the same set of sentiment still exists. I was thinking about the United States of America in the 1800s. We had brother versus brother fighting a, a civil war. Then I went to the 1990s and we have the in, in 1940s, we have an attack from evil on our uh, military base in Pearl Harbor. That took us from the 1800s and it took us in the 1900s. And then we get to the 
2000s, 2001, we have another attack. Evil's going to continue on, but we know that God is greater than evil. And we can't, and we, and it was happening for the entire history of our country. And we can't sit back and think it's not going to have that evil is not going to continue to attack us. The people that are surrounded, some of us small, even are close to us, even family members that are rejoicing in their own self-righteousness, seeking to battle you, allowing the devil to invade your house, allowing the devil to invade your mind, consume your thoughts and action, getting you to leash, lash out, turning you from God. But God wants us to turn back. He wants he wants to bring us to what is important. What is important is not to focus on what evil is doing. What is important is to focus on our relationship with God, to focus on our communion with God. You can't be in constant communion with God and consumed by evil at the same time. So if you if you're having thoughts of evil, if you're having thoughts of revenge, if you're having thoughts of hate, if you're having thoughts of greed, if you're having thoughts of self-righteousness, the question I have to ask you is, are you in communion with God? Because if you're in communion with God, you cannot be also consumed by the forces of evil. God is greater than evil. Jesus wasn't concerned about what others were doing to him, even hanging on the cross. He was not concerned about what others were doing to him. He was concerned about what God thought of him. He was concerned about what God thought about others. He was concerned not only what God thought about his disciples, his family and his friends. He was also concerned about how God felt about those who hated him. In his death, Jesus was reminding us of one of the most difficult parts of the law. I call it the law Leviticus. I like as attorney. I like Leviticus because Leviticus lays out the law. And in Leviticus 19, 16 and 17, Leviticus 19, 16 and 17 says, do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. And then God said, I am the Lord. Do not hate your brother and sister in your heart. Do not seek revenge or, or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. The reminder of this part of the law, the theme throughout the law, throughout Leviticus, is that our heavenly father is Lord. He said it at the beginning of this when he said, do not do anything to endanger your neighbor because I am your Lord. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself because I am the Lord. God reminds us through his word that we are called to be like him that requires us to act in a certain way, a way that's difficult in a, in a world that's evil. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, I'm having some excitement here this morning. We will remember that God is Lord and we will remember that God is greater than evil. And I'm hoping that somebody who might be struggling with this point here today will remember that our God is greater than evil. If evil is attacking you, if you, your job is giving you grief because evil people or uh, evil managers or 
you're having trouble with a neighbor that's causing you grief, talking about the confusion and the contention on the property line. If you're talking about thinking about the person who honked or cursed at you on the, on the road because they didn't like the way you were driving. If you're talk, thinking about the person who cut you off in the cashier line, if you're talking about the person who sneered at you because you wear a mask or sneered at you because you don't wear a mask, if we, if we look at all the different things that consume us and try to get us to focus off of God, anytime those thoughts come to your mind, remember God is greater than evil. God is our Lord and God wants us to be like him. I'm hoping that in the world that ha that's hate filled, that we as people of God will be the light. People of God will be the voice. The people of God will live the example of the law that says, do not do anything to endanger your neighbor's life. Not only physically, but spiritually. When we, you engage in an argument and when you engage in hatred re and retaliation and revenge, you are endangering their spiritual life as well. But when you approach somebody who's evil to you with the love of God, when you apologize to them for the evil that they're trying to do against you, I'm sorry that you're an evil person, but my holy God, the God that blesses me each and every day is telling me to continue to love you. So I want to let you know that I'm, I'm focusing in on your evil and I'm acknowledging that you're evil and I'm going to flee from you because it says to flee from the devil and the devil will flee from you. I'm going to do all these things. So if you don't hear from me, that's why. But I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to ask God to touch you. I'm still going to ask hope that God will will transform you. And I'm hoping that you will have a spirit and a, and a transformation to be more like the Holy Father. And understand that God is greater than evil and that you're consumed by evil, but I'm consumed by the love of God. And I'm going to pour that out on you until evil goes away. Do nothing that endangers your neighbor's life. Rebu rebuke your neighbor. Frankly, I just said how I would rebuke my neighbor so that you will not share in his, his guilt. That's what the law Leviticus 19, 16 to 17 says. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord is what the God, what God is telling us. God is letting us know that he is greater than our enemies. God is letting us know that he is greater than the devil. I, I have to laugh because the Bible says that the devil rebelled against God. All right. I want you to understand as I'm trying, hoping you get the picture of this battle. The devil rebels against God. And I was telling my brother yesterday when we were talking, God set the second team in to defeat the devil. He didn't say, he didn't look at, if you look at Genesis 1, he said, let us create man in, in our image. He didn't send the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit to, to, to be, defeat the devil. He sent some angels. He said, the devil, no matter how hard you are going to fight me, I just need some angels who have my power to go take you out. And so God is still asking for that same thing to happen. He's asking for some saints and some angels to use his power to believe that his power working through you, his love working through you, his grace working through you, his mercy working through you, the collectiveness of 
people of God coming together is going to shine a light and expose evil in such a manner and also going to expose God's blessing in such a manner that people are going to be drawn to what we have, going to taste and see what we have, and that evil is going to have smaller and a smaller and a smaller audience until hopefully someday we will have his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Evil does not exist in heaven. Evil, evil, evil tried to exist in heaven and God threw him out. So we need to acknowledge that God is greater than evil. That is my uh, September 21st, 2021 reflection on September uh, 11th, 2001. I probably messed up the dates, but I, I hope you understand what I just said. My reflection today on the evil that happened at the World Trade Center in the Pentagon and in Shankville, Pennsylvania, the same evil that happened at Pearl Harbor, the same evil brother fighting brother in the Civil War, the same evil that occurred when uh, evil invaded Poland and invaded France, the same evil that happened when around the world and continues to happen. Fights that are going on, brother versus brother in Africa. We need to understand that evil exists in our world, but our God is greater than evil. Our God will always be greater than evil and love will always triumph over hate. I'm hoping that somebody is feeling that today because I'm hoping you're feeling the same power that I felt yesterday when I was putting this message together. I scrapped the one that was that was ready for today because the, the Lord just touched me as I turned the TV on and started looking at accounts of people reflecting on on September 11th, 2001. God is greater than our enemies. God is greater than the devil. God is greater than our circumstances. God is greater than our problems. God is greater than human betrayal. God is greater than backstabbers. God is greater than anything in any form of evil. Our God is greater than evil. God turns what is, what is evil into what is good for his glory talking to my brother yesterday. I said, what does 9-11 mean to you? He said it meant that people turned back to God a little closer. People had meaning and purpose a little closer. People went to church a little more often. God takes evil and turns it into good. Remember what Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I'm hoping that anytime we hear, anytime somebody's trying to attack you, anytime somebody's trying to take what, what you believe God has given you, just say, hey, what you, what you wanted to do, and I'm going to give it to you because Jesus said, if you want my, my tunic, I'm giving you the cloak as well because I'm, I'm getting ready to get better clothing from God. And I'm getting ready to get a crown of glory from God. So this the crumbs that I've, I've been living with, you can have them because I'm getting full meal from the Lord. God wants us to remember the true the true purpose and the true meaning of life is to be near the Lord. The true meaning of life, the true meaning of our purpose is to abide in his love, to share with others, to understand that. God is greater than evil. And as I am getting ready to close, I, I, yeah, Jeff, that means I got about five, 10 more minutes. I'm getting ready to close and I want to give everybody an assignment. An assignment here today 
an assignment when you leave out of here today, actually two assignments when you leave. The first assignment is to understand and put in your mind and recite that God is greater than evil. And remember that when when evil tries to attack you, the assignment that we have is to remember that God is greater than evil and remember and recite it. You might want to say it out loud. I've, I've had some of the saints of old, the, the elders before me will say it out loud when somebody's trying to to uh, to to mess with them. You're, the devil's not going to steal my joy. Walk away. Leave the person standing there. Let them understand what you just said and what you just meant. You're consumed by the devil and you're trying to have your the consumption of your hate and your evil to steal the joy that the Lord has given me. And I'm not going to do it. I'm walking away from you. The devil's not going to steal my joy. Next time you somebody is trying to attack you and take your joy away, just say it. Say it to yourself. Say it out loud. If you feel your your family member is trying to get consumed by hate and consumed by evil, getting consumed by the struggles of their job, let's say it to them as well. The devil's not going to steal our joy because we want the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I'm hoping that 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 is the first assignment. The second assignment is to remind ourselves and sing with the Psalm 136 psalmist. So I'm hoping that if you have a Bible, you'll take it out and look at Psalm 136. If you don't have a Bible, actually, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, feel free to send me a message uh, through e either uh, YouTube or through our message through message ministry on Facebook. Send us a message and we'll try to get you a Bible out. Uh, anyway, going back to Psalm 136, it's a reminder of, of our history of faith going back to the beginning. And we're going to recite it today together. Even though you don't have a Bible, your part is his love endures forever. So I'm going to say the first line. And after I say the first line, if you can just say it to yourself, say it among your family, his love endures forever. It starts off this way. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God, the God of God. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lord. His love endures forever to him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever he, by his understandings. He made the heavens. His love endures forever. He spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. He made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. Who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. His love endures forever. Who brought Israel out from among them from among evil, from being consumed by the by the spirit of hate. His love endures forever to him who divided the Red Sea. What happened? His love endures forever, who brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever to him who led the people through the desert, through the dry land, through the struggled times, his love endures forever. Who strikes down and struck down great kings, his love endures forever. Who killed mighty kings who 
had were consumed by the spirit of evil. His love endures forever and gave his people their inheritance. His love endures forever and inheritance to his people, not only then, but his people here today, the great blessings, inheritance of, of and prosperity and, and joy and peace. His love endures forever. I had to add a little bit more to the psalmist, to the one and only who remembers us in our low esteem when times are tr troubled and we're struggling. His love endures forever and gives us food and gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. I see I missed one. Frees us from our enemies. Keep, takes us away from the captive of, of those who are filled with hate. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God of heaven. His love endures forever. That is my thought for the for the day as I remember September 11, 2001. May the love of God be with you. May the love of God be in you. May the love of God protect you. May the love of God guide you in a world that knows hate in a world that is consumed by hate. May the may God always be with you and, and may that you live in the spirit of love until that day when you walk through the gates surrounded by the glory of God, joined by those who came to the great festival, the great banquet in heaven to reign and rule with our Lord and Savior forever and ever. What does September 11, 2001 mean to me? It means that our God is greater and his love does what? Endures forever. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook. And feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.